Jim didn't seem so jolly after last night's game, huh? Even even in the past, he's always been a little bit optimistic after losses. You could kind of tell in his voice and his demeanor. He was he was pretty pissed off about that one. Well, just think about how you lost. Like, I, I still am stunned what I saw in the la- in the last twenty seconds of that game. Like, it is so like it, it was just devastating. Like, you you've kept yourself in it. You've chipped back every time you go down. You have one of the best goalies in the league who stops stuff that he has no business stopping. He's making saves with his face. Like he's kicking off the pads. Like he's having the best season. He's so good. And then all of a sudden this, this like uncharacteristic thing happens. And I feel like this happens more in the playoffs somehow that a goalie goes behind the net and and accidentally plays it to someone that just like wraps it in and scores or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. Craig, Craig Smith against the Capitals a couple of years ago. Yeah, like yeah. it's like that's such a bad way to lose. Like you you beat yourself at the end of it all. Like it, it that's it's hard to walk right from seeing that to the press conference and like I feel like everybody in the building was shell shocked in a way, players, fans, coach, <laughs> um, because it's not like oh we could have done this better, blah blah blah. Like to to stop that last play from happening. Like it was something fundamental. Like that. it was like this weird fluky thing that Allmark is usually pretty good at coming out and playing pucks. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't in game five. He made another mistake earlier in the game. And then he, he shot the puck into the Florida bench at one point and had to apologize. Uh, he like shot it clear into their bench um, point blank, but <laughs> it was just one of those, ways of losing that it's it's you don't see it coming it happens it happens it happens to other teams it doesn't happen to the bruins like you to your point bridget you see that happen all the time in playoffs the regular season like you'll see it on twitter or you'll see it on and you're like and 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 your reaction is like oh my god what an idiot that sucks for that fan base it's like that never happens to the, the bruins the bruins lose hey outside of 2011 the bruins have found a way to lose every single year just like most teams but they never they never oftentimes beat themselves like that that was like that was like when, when when you hear people say like over 20 years like how patriots fans would always watch other teams just play such pedestrian football but the patriots would never make those fundamental mistakes like this is that was just a fundamental mistake where it's like dude you're the goalie yes you've been handling the puck well this year yes you're allowed to play the puck i that's part of the position but buddy it's overtime of a playoff game like can you have a little bit more conviction and, and decisiveness when you go behind the net to play the puck and not just do it? Like you literally just gave the game away. Now you can you can cast some blame to to Grizzly, I guess, if you want a little bit. But like to me, that's 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 all, Mark. And I'm he and had I'm a not weird gonna... handoff to Lindholm earlier in the game too. It's, and it's like just, you just can't do it. You just can't do that. I doubt he does it again. Well, I think I, he, we won't see him probably go too far outside the net. I mean, that 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 being said, in his post game comments, he kind of was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> of course, he's gonna he's gonna play <laughs> it that way. Drug, like, yeah, he was he was Ted Lasso. You know, you get to have brain of a goldfish. Just forget about it. He, yeah, he was like just as calm as I've ever seen him. Truthfully. Um, and which, which by the way, cause like, I already see, like, I've seen people like freak or not really freaking out, but like kind of upset with all Mark's comments. Like he, like he wasn't, he didn't seem mad enough. And like, we used to hear those with Tuga too. And it's like, 
guys, like th- this is how goalies are. Like this is, it's honestly part of like being a successful goalie. It's just like, if you let every little mistake drive you crazy and you start throwing shit around, you, you know, you pull Chris sale and you're banging stuff around. Like that, that doesn't work for a goalie. Like, like you're going to, you're going to be out of the league in two years because you're going to be a head case. Like part of the reason goalies get to this level and are successful is because they legitimately do just forget about stuff two minutes later. And Scott, remember, we have to remember to bring this up to Razor this weekend. Yeah, and like they they don't dwell on it. They move on. They have to turn the page, not just after a game, but in game. Like you give up, you, you get beat glove side on, you know, long wrist or a soft goal. You can't sit there the rest of the game hating yourself, kicking yourself. Like you got to regroup and make the next save, which could be 12 seconds later. So, you know, I just think like people want, athletes to sound like fans and be like all worked up about stuff and it's like them not doing that is part of the reason that they are professional athletes and not fans so like don't don't worry about Linus Allmark not sounding mad enough at himself like he's yeah like he hates that he did that he's it's not no matter how he sounds it's not like he's sitting there like oh well whatever no big deal like who cares like no, he like he he does care. He knows he made a mistake, but he's not gonna sit there and be like, "I suck," and start throwing his equipment all over the locker room in front of the media. Like that's not, it's just no. not gonna happen. No, oh, that, so that that doesn't help anything at all for him. Yeah, his personality has, is very consistent though. Like th- that is how he's been after games the entire year. Um, this time, maybe you think he might be a little different because doesn't usually end like that like we said but there's only one other game this year that had like a weird last second ending like that which wasn't even completely the Bruins fault was that Arizona game where they should have called icing and the puck came back out in front with like seven seconds left or whatever it was and they they scored um I don't even know if it was all marking net for that actually I think, was, but I think it was Swayman yeah I think it was um yeah. and uh, oh well so that's another thing well, and, so there, and there was the game. There's the game in Florida, the late tying goal too, where Pasternak gave them the lead in the final minute, and then they blew it in the last second and lost. Yeah, and was that an overtime or a shootout? But um, yeah, like those are the other ones that kind of stuck out in terms of just you know, it, we've just been become so accustomed to this team closing games out or finishing them off or not making those mistakes that that beat themselves. But um, yeah, it 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 does happen sometimes and it, it, like scott I, I don't know if you have any additional opinions on that final play it, it's one of those plays like we get, we've mentioned it there's really nothing else we can really dissect it, it was a it was a massive mistake it was a costly game costing mistake of course so like we can sit here and, and and analyze every step of the every step of that play but it's you know they screwed up all hopefully it's up. a one-off <laughs> Well, and, and I guess, look, I guess the only question to that would be spawned from this would be, and this is not necessarily what I believe, but the question that I think people would ask would be, is that blunder that cost the team a game, is that enough to maybe finally get a goalie rotation going here just because it's been, he's, he's played a lot of hockey. Like, does that mistake happen? I mean, look, I, I also didn't love, um, I don't I don't know. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to analyze the Bennett goal, but Scott, is there is there a reason for people to to, to actually question if Swayman should play in Game Six? 
I would say not because of that mistake, because I'll I chalked that up as just a really fluke play and, and an error that you just don't see that much. Um I would say if there's any concern about wear and tear or you know, if Montgomery and goalie Bob look at look at the tape and think Allmark, you know, maybe look a little slow on some plays or, or whatever and, and think, you know, he's potentially slowing down now having started five straight, potentially going on six straight with, you know, travel a travel day in between today. If that's the case, then I would be absolutely be open to Swayman. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do it because of that mistake and I, I wouldn't even do it because of play because I, I didn't think I think Allmark had a bad game. Like he, all the goals were, you know, I guess you could say like he could have stopped a couple of them, but they they would have required really good saves. Like they were mostly kind of point blank chances. Um so I'm not yeah, like he got a little scrambly on the Duclair one where it's sort of bouncing around, but that was such, you know, it was first such a bad play by Bertuzzi, and then it's kind of it, it turns into a scramble because of what Bertuzzi does, and everyone's just trying to cover their ass, and, and you know, per, like they actually do take away the first shot from Verhage, and he has to hold it, and then it's kind of when he flips it back out front. So uh, I don't think Allmark played poorly, other than the final turnover. So I I wouldn't be making any change because of that. But if, you know, and like we just don't know this, but if they look at it and think they see signs of wear and tear or, or you know, Almark's hurting a little bit, then I've said all along, I'm totally fine with switching to Swayman at any point because I think Jeremy Swayman's really good. And he was really good in the second half of the season. And, you know, if anything, at this point, I'd be a little bit worried about Ross because it's now been, you know, several weeks since he's played a game. Uh but I wouldn't have too much hesitation going to him. I think Omar goes right back in and plays angrier than he's ever played. <laughs> and I think I, I, I once again think you open yourself up for the opportunity for fans and media and sports talk radio or whoever to criticize Jim Montgomery if he makes this move too and it doesn't work out. Now you're going to game seven. Um, because you're playing a, a Swayman that's not been in action and maybe doesn't look great. You, you never know. Like, I feel like Allmark hasn't played himself out of the job despite that horrendous play at the end of the game. Um, and I feel like he is going to want an opportunity to redeem himself immediately um, and that that could actually do a lot for his confidence. Um, and I don't know. I keep him in there um, because of – like I said, he hasn't played bad. He's still in the swing of things. And oftentimes you see when someone does that at the end of a game or, or has such a horrible mistake, they come back and they play differently the next game. And they sometimes reach, you know, a, a higher level. Um, and it could be what they need to close out the series. So um, I think he plays again, honestly. I, I doubt it. Swayman, not that... It, but there always is going to be the conversation, right? Because Swayman's good enough to put him in at any time. So um, just based off of what I've seen and the like psyche of it, I think that goes in. I, I feel like it's going to be Allmark again in game six. Um, I think you have to keep going with them. And otherwise, once again, you're, you're taking your number one out of the lineup. And then you have, if you're having all these other changes and, 
on your offense, you're not seeing the picture that we all saw during the regular season, which was, you know, all of these lines that were the best, you know, best combinations and working and working and working the whole season. Um, you just, I just want to see it all together. I just want to see all of it in one game put together. Even if they don't have Krejci, can we just not F around with the lines so much and put Bergeron and Marshawn and DeBrus together and like, it just, can we just use what works all at once for game six? Well, yeah, if, if the, if health permits it, I guess, I guess that's the, that's the biggest reason we haven't no, seen even it. Even if Krejci's out, theoretically the rest of everyone is healthy enough and that Bertuzzi Zaka Pasenak line will suffice as that second line. And I will count yeah. as like a line that works and we know works because we've seen it. So that is a, a credible line because it's been together since Krejci was dealing with soreness or maybe an injury at the end of the, the regular season was missing time too. So like, to me, <laughs> that's fine. Like if Krejci's out, you can still see if you put together the pieces that way, just have it all together for one, for one freaking game. Yeah. And that, and that would, that would entail Frederick coming back, drawing back in yeah, because that's, that's, that would, that's what would allow that too. Cause you've seen it all mm-hmm. year. I think, you know, there's, so I'm going to, there's one play I wanted to mention quickly too, but, but I, and I know we're, we're getting up against it, but we haven't even talked about the defense yet. And um, <laughs> I just want to say real quick, a lot of this conversation today would be moot and we wouldn't even be talking about a game six. Um, no. If Brad Marchand scored on that last second breakaway, which would have ended the series right then and there. So that that was a backbreaker. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not faulting Marsh. Like, you know, it was it was a it was a hard shot. Like he shot to score. I think he was rushing a little bit because he wanted to get the shot off. And and I well, think Well, yeah, if he didn't, it would have been the time would have expired. It was like last yeah, second. I, I, like, I do think he had I do think he had time for for a head a head well he didn't know that. I that's, wouldn't that's, know that. that's what I'm saying. That's what that's what I'm saying. He didn't he probably he didn't have time. time for like what Taylor Hall did last no. game. Right. Like they kind of come in and then almost like stop in the crease, tuck it back. Like that he didn't have time for that. So, so devastating if he scored yeah. like that, but it was like half a second late. Oh, yeah, well, God. it's just it's it's it sucks because you kind of when that happened, you kind of were like, all right, they're gonna find a way to probably maybe lose this game in overtime, just because it's just that's just how hockey works. It, I had I had, a, I had a sick feeling, not just because of the goal didn't go in, because I was like, oh, that's just that could have ended the series, and 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 if Florida wins this game, which they did, I mean, they're going back to Florida now, like with all the momentum. And look, am I confident that if the Bruins lose Game Six, they're gonna win Game Seven? Despite how they've played at home in the series so far, yeah, I'm still confident they haven't lost. Have they lost three games in a row all year? I don't know, but like, I just don't want, I don't want the headlines. I don't want the prospect of Florida coming back to Boston for a game seven, with the momentum of let's pull off the biggest upset in league history after being down three to one, nonetheless. So, and this is and 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 it's a to go to go and beat a team three times in a row on their home ice, which is what the Bruins are tasked with right now. What are the odds of that happening? So this series very well may go seven games, and I don't like that um, at all. And I certainly want you guys to respond to to that idea of a potential game seven, I guess. But on the back end, like, can we all agree? Like, can we get can we get Clifton back in there? Can we can we get him in there for a little spark plug? Like, can we can we take out Forbert or can something? Can he come out? Clifton go back in? Yeah, I. 
I think I probably would put Clifton in for Forbert. Like, I, you know, Forbert's played every game, and I get that the penalty kill for the most part has been pretty good, and he's a big part of that. I, th- I thought they showed down the stretch that they can kill penalties without him. And, like, yeah, you may be asking a little more from, you know, your McAvoy, Lindholm, Orlovs, and they get more shorthanded time than, than you might like, but they can do it. And I just think five on five, like they're, they're struggling to find, they haven't really had like a third pair that worked. Like Forbert Clifton wasn't playing very well early in the series. Clifton comes out, Grizzly goes in. That Forbert Orlov looked good for a game. And then, you know, looked a little off at times. Like it's not, Orlov was making great, great plays to set up goals. You know, it's a few stretch passes. But that's not really an ideal pairing to me. And then last night they moved Orlov up at one point. They went with Forbert Grizzlick for a little while. And I don't really like that pairing either. I don't love Grizzlick on his offside. So nothing like nothing really feels natural when it's Forbert in and you're putting either Orlov or Grizzlick on their offside with him. Um, or even at times like Carlo dropped down for a couple shifts. I, I worry about the mobility of a Forbert Carlo pairing. So yeah, it, it does. There's a little bit of like trying to, you know, square peg in a round hole there. And that gets solved. If you bring Clifton back in, because I I've said for a while, I think their best five on five D pairs are Grizzly McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Orloff Clifton. Like we saw that quite a bit down the stretch when Forbert was out injured and I thought it worked really well. And and for whatever reason, they seem Montgomery seems like very hesitant to roll with that now. And you know, even down the stretch, like he try he would try going Orlov with McAvoy more, and like he went Grizzly Clifton for a while, which I also don't love. And it's like at some point, I'm like, I don't like. Am I just am I seeing that wrong? Like, am I am I off base, or why does that lineup not make all the sense in the world? Grizzly McAvoy, Lindholm Carlo, Orloff Clifton. You have puck movers on every pairing. You have guys who are defensively sound. Like you have balance. You have your top three defensemen are going to be on the one of them is going to be on the ice at all times. Like, I don't know. It, it just it seems like a really good thing. It worked well when they did use it. And I would like to see in the playoffs. Like it's it's a little odd to me that they've been so resistant to to going to that there's a lot of stuff i'd like to see in the playoffs in terms of this lineup um to talk about the defense quickly carlo has had a really good series i think carlo has been one of their most solid players he has just been clearing out in front of the net clearing out pucks clearing out players making the right plays just like fundamentally good hockey from him and and what you want him to be um especially he's a great penalty killer as well grizzly once you brought him in has done nothing to be taken out of the lineup. I think he's played well since he was put back in. Um, so it's not like you're just switching him back out I for Clifton. Uh, I wouldn't do that. And um, I, I agree. I actually was someone at the beginning of the series that thought maybe they didn't put Forbert back in because they liked what that Orloff Clifton pair looked like. And like maybe waited a little bit deeper in the series to put Forbert in. Um, but that's not what's happened. So um, 
I'm cool with putting Clifton back in. I saw him yesterday down after the game. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if the defense is really like the biggest issue though. Like I feel like all of the defensemen have played pretty solidly. Like no one has played themselves out of the lineup. It's more just that trying to find the right matchups and um, Clifton's faster than Forbert, better puck mover. Um, not as big, not clearing bodies as easily as Forbert, not blocking hits shots more. the same he way. Hit, he, he hits, hits more than more. him. He hits better he, than yep. him. He's he more hits physical. Better. He is um, feistier in a way. Like he's like more after the whistle stuff. Um, and I'm, I would like to see him back in there. Yeah, I would. Um, it, not that anybody, like I said, has played themselves out of the lineup, but matchup wise, if you're trying to make a change, um, and add some of those things, like we just mentioned, Clifton can add, just throw them back in there. Um, in Florida, I, I don't see why not. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see Clifton back in there. I, I think that hand up earlier in the series or before the series started, I didn't, I didn't mind Grizzly being the odd man out and giving Forbert at least reps to get his feet under him. And I didn't, I, I, I liked the idea of his, of his size and box out ability against a Matthew Kachuk against a Barkov or a Bennett or whom, Ryan, whomever. I just like that a little bit better than Grizzly's ability to do that in, earlier on in the series. And I, and I definitely said that acknowledging that it would be sacrificing some transition game and mobility in the, in the meantime. But I, I've wanted, I've wanted Grizzly in the lineup um, ever since post game two, for sure. And I just, yes, they played well in games three and four, but I, I, I still think even when they were winning in Florida and, and certainly in game five, I think they've missed like Clifton's ability to just be a spark plug back there and to, to step up with a big hit. I just don't, I don't feel like outside of Charlie McAvoy uh, and Carlo here and there, I just don't feel like the, the Panthers forwards have been challenged physically enough by Boston's defense. Orloff gets his nose in there too, but I don't know. It's just, I, I, I think, I don't think it's a bad idea to have a forward have to think when they're coming across the blue line, oh, this, this kid might step up when I'm not looking and put me on my ass. And, and, and Clifton does that as well as anybody in the team, probably behind McAvoy. So I, I think, and he can move the puck. He can break the puck out on his own with his feet if he needs to. And I think that sometimes when you're in a tough game that's heavily forechecked and it's tight checking, sometimes you need that so you don't get hemmed in your zone. And he has that ability. And despite that one half ice rush by forward last night, he doesn't he doesn't really uh, bring that to the table very often. So I wouldn't mind Clifton in there. One note I wanted to mention to you guys too, worth mentioning, four-game uh, four goal streak for Taylor Hall in the postseason – I'm I, they had a, they had a stat on the, on the TV last night about the last Bruin to do that, but I think it's been a while. Um, so I mean, clearly he's been really good, especially the fact that he didn't play a lot in the last couple months of the season or at all really. Uh, we haven't noticed. We talked about Pashnak being uh, being having having a non-productive series for the most part. Well, if Taylor Hall does, isn't doing what he's doing, I think it's an even bigger storyline. But Taylor Hall has kind of stepped up in that role. If Taylor Hall isn't doing what he's doing, this is a different series. Like I know some of the some of the goals happened. Like the one in Game Two didn't end up meaning anything, and then the but the one in Game Five, even though you lose, like that was a very impactful goal. That's a game tying three on three goal 
in the third period. Um, and he has just been like, I felt like every time he's got the puck on his stick, it's like, is it going to go in? Cause it just kind of feels like he's got that touch right now. And I don't know if maybe Jim Montgomery is a psychic in terms of Taylor Hall, because he said that if he was to guess who was going to have a huge series, it was going to be Taylor Hall. And he would be right about that. Not sure he foresaw, you know, these lines in a dream or something and those need to go away. But um, Taylor Hall has been playing so well that he is tied with Connor McDavid, I believe, in goal in goals uh, this playoffs and one goal behind Dreisaitl for the best goal scorer in the playoffs. Um, and he stepped up where some of the other guys haven't and, and produced where one Pasenak hasn't. Um, and he's just, he's been able to stick to what, what he's good at his skating, his, you know, puck possession, his like being able to burn you with speed. And he's just been outworking people. So um, simple as that. He's had a great series. I'm glad you mentioned him because don't want to gloss over him because he's been so big. Um, and hopefully, I mean, he's your third, he's on your third line. Like you need that kind of production from your, your bottom six and he's giving it to you. You just would like to see the top six um, fill in the rest of the scoring there. Yeah. He Taylor Hall talked earlier in the series about how, you know, he recognized that like, this is probably the best chance certainly the best chance to this point in his career to win the Stanley cup and possibly the best chance he'll ever have. And he's playing like someone who fully understands that um, and really wants to make the most of it and wants to make sure he's not having any regrets or, you know, cause he talked about that too. He said like they're especially goals against, he said he's been on the ice for goals against in recent postseasons that he regretted that, you know, he thought like should, should have been a little better. Like, lost his focus made for a split second and that proved costly. So yeah, I think you, you see someone who understands that and has rose to the occasion. Um, you know, I, I still think, like I said, I think they're going to win this series in my opinion. It's probably going to be in game six because I thought they were the, I thought they were the better team for most of game five. And if they don't make two, you know, unbelievably stupid mistakes that have been uncharacteristic for them. They probably win that game. Um, so I, you know, I think those are fixable. I think they'll clean it up and I think they probably finish us in six, but um, yeah, could, can always use more guys who uh, have the mindset that Taylor Hall has right now, which is someone who's, who's locked in and bringing it on every single shift. And Brian, to go back to something you said a second ago, just because you asked the question, they did lose three three games in a row, one time during the regular season, and it, which was Tampa, Florida, Carolina, which is obviously a really tough stretch stretch mm. of games. Um, best those are the best. The what other was that games. was that back in like November or something? Or? That was in January. Yeah, um, yeah, that was right around the All Star break. The funny yeah, thing right, is, right. the loss to Florida was a four to three overtime loss. Um, same as yeah, that that was five. that was the one where they scored in like the final seconds after yeah. Pasenak had put them in the lead. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah that, that was, was the a, that was only time stretch. they've lost three in a row. Which obviously, the Panthers have to win the last three games here in the series in order to move on. Um, the Bruins had three whacks at a win. Um, now they only have two, <laughs> but they did um, coming into game five. And the other thing, the other stat is, and obviously things are different in the playoffs. Bruins have only lost 
four home games in the entirety of the regular season, and they've lost two in the playoffs. Um, they, don't, so, they lost four home games all year or four home games in regulation? Four home games in, like, four, like, actual losses, like regulation losses. Okay. I was going to say that's that's a lot less than I thought it may have been. It's, but, I mean, four, it's only four regulation losses at home all season. And they have, you know, two two losses, two losses in the playoffs. Um, obviously, this one's overtime, but you don't get you don't get points for going to overtime in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it, it'd be hard. I, it'd be hard to see them losing a game seven, like losing three of their four home games. Like, mm-hmm. but it happens. It, it happens. happens. Yeah, but that's why you can't put too much weight on regular season. That's all why the you time. can't predict a sweep, Scott. <laughs> Hey, um, Rook, Rook. They would have swept if Bergeron played every game. Yeah, of course they would have. Uh, 60 seconds or less. I had one more question and comment for you guys. A big talking point we had on this podcast for about, oh boy, I'd say at least a month or so heading into the postseason was the, the slump, the lack of looking like himself. And of course, I'm talking about Brad Marchand at the time. And the question was, is this going to translate to the playoff is this going to carry over to the playoffs or can he just flip the switch and fortunately for everybody that's cheering for the Bruins uh he's flipped the switch he has four goals in the series and he outside of the goals skating wise confidence wise playmaking wise has seemed a hell of a lot more closer to the Martian that we've gotten to know here in Boston and maybe just a quick comment on on that from you guys yeah he's he's been awesome and now keep him with Bergeron. Like, don't 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 try to change the lines again. He he obviously stepped up with Bergeron out, both on and off the ice. Um, now let let those two get clicking again. Like, don't yeah, don't don't get cute, Jim. He is somehow drawn the narrative of him to being this mature, like level-headed player this series so I mean at the very least um he's shown a side of him that was different than what we've seen in the past like he's an emotional guy but he's been able to hold it uh to just keep it under wraps keep it clean and he's he's looked better for sure in the playoffs than at the end of the regular season the last 20 games of the regular season um so yeah he's looked good this this podcast could go on forever. I feel like there's so many things that that were at play in Game Five. Of course, yeah. But fortunately for our listeners, we will not be going on forever. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll shut up now. I I want to go on forever because I finally have a computer that actually works. Oh yeah, that's right. Look at you. You didn't lag once. Yeah, I thought you looked a lot clearer, Scott. This is crazy. Wow, it's no. like HD HD McLaughlin. Got got a new computer earlier this week and. Knock on wood, held up through the first podcast. So hopefully that'll be a better experience for everyone listening or watching. He told me if it worked, he was going to throw his other lap- laptop off of his porch. So no, no, no. I said if balcony. I said if this one didn't work, I was going to throw this oh. one off too. Oh, he was okay. He was going to throw it. I know he was throwing something off the balcony. The, the other one's already in the trash. I was done with that one. That's you should. Have, I mean, that, that's in the Merrimack River. <laughs> Well, just kidding. Don't pollute kids. <laughs> <sighs> All right, guys. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Bridget? No. All right. So the Bruins are going to try to 
close the series out Friday night. I believe it's Friday night, right? 730. Yep. 730. Right. Yes. Unfortunately, I like the seven starts better. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll, you'll be hearing from us win or lose. Uh, so thank you all for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.